So anyhow, well, I hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas and family, friends, and um, had all of your Christmas dreams come true. <laughs> it's funny, um, I don't know, what, what, uh, what are Christmas dreams? I don't know if that's for kids or for adults, I don't know. I, I, I have a, a gift coming. Uh, Rachel and Rich, what's that? New RV. New RV, that's, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> um, Rachel and Rich gave me a little card that said I get a suit. <laughs> and uh, so I'm getting um, a tailor-made suit. Ooh. <laughs> Doubt if well, I'll never wear it to church, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll show up in a suit and all this, and you'll go, what are you doing today, Pastor, dressed up like that? You got a funeral, you know. <laughs> so, but anyhow, that's the first time I ever got a suit for, for, for Christmas. So anyhow, it looked good. At least it looked good on paper, you know. Pulled out all the patterns and the, the paisley. You know, I had paisley interior. I could have got a Steeler one or Penn State on the inside, but I... I went conservative. Um, today, the title of the message is Plans for a Perfect New Year. Amen! <laughs> Plans for a Perfect New Year. Well, I, when, I, when I thought of that, or whenever I was putting this together, I was thinking, well, I'm sure everybody's going to be on board with that one. <laughs> but... The idea is that we really don't understand what we mean by perfect. Now, uh, I would say, well, if we're going to have a perfect new year, that would mean no problems, smooth sailing, nothing happens today that's different than yesterday, and everything is just wonderfully smooth the whole way through. That is not perfect. Um, that is not realistic. Perfect, the definition um, is having all the required or desired elements, qualities, or characteristics. Having all the required, desire, required or desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics. So when we think about it, do we have all the qualities, uh, elements, things that are required and characteristics for being perfect? Now, I remember years ago I did... Uh, the definition of, a, of perfection in the scriptures is perfectly suited. So like if I had an old uh, hammer that's been used for 20 years, uh, you know, and it is perfectly suited to fit my hand and to drive nails, well, then that is perfect. It, is, it may not be brand new or without any uh, metallurgical flaws, but that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for something that is perfectly suited for the task that at hand, that what we need. So whenever we are at this time of year, many people make New Year's resolutions, and they make resolutions that they cannot keep, <laughs> that they will know that they will fail in a short period of time. And so often these resolutions are made in whenever we reflect upon the past year, Looking over the past year, what are the, if you wrote a letter or wrote down um, what happened in the past year, you know, what would you, what would you say? Me, I can't remember, but if you want to know what happened in my life, ask Rhonda. So <laughs> she can tell you all of the things that happened because, you know, I don't remember. 
Sorry about that. Um, but what, when you look back over the year, we look over things and we look at, and often, um, we don't often look at the circumstances, we look at our behavior. We look at how we felt about these things and these qualities. But have you ever set perfection as a goal? Um, now, you would say, well, that's impossible. Nobody's perfect. Well, I remember it, whenever I was doing uh, training at the hospital, I used this story um, or this illustration. Can you imagine in a maternity ward where baby, you know, when, you know, in the delivery room, that they have a goal of 95 babies out of 100, uh, five of them, it's okay to drop and hit the floor. You know, <clears throat> no, that, we expect perfection. 100% of the babies born will not be dropped and hit the floor, right? Right, right. all right, so there we're expecting perfection. Uh, a pharmacist, you go to the pharmacy and you give them your prescription. Well, they have a goal of making 96 out of 100 correct. For it doesn't matter. No, we want 100% perfection. Okay? So there are things that when the, whenever the mailman delivers your mail and you receive somebody else's letter in your mailbox, you go, What? What if one of my letters is in somebody else's mailbox? They are not perfect. Well, their goal is perfection. So when we think of being perfect, we often look at behavior, and there are certain things we expect perfection from and perfection of. But this, this idea of, you know, the babies and dropping, on the, dropping one or two, you know, we may seem that um, we would think of being perfect in our own life as being something that is unattainable. But reality is, in the, in the sight of God, perfection isn't about performance. Okay? In God's sight, he doesn't look at us that we would do things flawlessly. Now, if we want to take that to its extreme, we go back to the Old Testament. We go back to the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the day of Jesus. And they would, they would tell everybody how perfect they were. We have kept all of the laws. We have done all of the ceremonial cleansing. Now, they had taken the, the commandments, the Ten Commandments, and the, you know, the laws of work, washings and things for the ceremonial Cleansings, they had taken those and they'd made maybe 900 or 1,500, I don't remember the exact number, of laws. And so these people specialized in the law. And they would stand on the street corners, that's stated in scriptures, and they would say, God, I thank you that I'm not like that worthless sinner. <laughs> well, their perfection is not what God was looking for. So God is not looking for perfection, people who are without flaws or without problems. So it isn't about performance, 100% perfect. It's about, it isn't about our behavior. So what God is looking for is a heart that is perfect towards him. 
that heart that is focused on God, that allows God to be part of our daily life. You know, one of the, um, uh, the scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart. And you say, well, David sinned. You know, why was, why, why did God like him more than anybody else? No, it says David was a man after God's heart. He was a person who desired God. We often flip that around and say, God created David after his own heart, and David was special, you know, because God created him after his heart. No, David was a guy who desired the heart of God, desired to know God more completely. And that's what we're looking at here. Not flawless, not 100% perfect in everything we say and do, and flawless in our behavior and all that kind of stuff. We're not looking at that. We're looking at how we seek after God. So whenever we're making our New Year's resolutions, do any, you know, anybody make New Year's resolutions? No, okay, good. Can't mess with perfect. <laughs> I don't need to make any resolutions. What, how can you improve, right? How can you improve on perfect? So. Well, Psalm 101, um, David is the author of this psalm, and he writes about perfection. And he starts off in verse 1, he says, I will sing. <laughs> now, David must have had, a, he, he had some instrumental and, and, um, musical abilities because he played the harp and you know he saw he would sing and dance before the lord so he had uh he had some qualities of singing in tune i'm thinking but anyhow i will sing of mercy and judgment so whenever we start this whole idea of seeking after god we have to start with the character what what is the character of god like you think if, if I can understand the character of God, then I can start understanding my, what I need to do or why I should be desiring the heart of God or desiring to seek after God. See, you know, we can, I often quote John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we know that part where God came to be like us, so that we wouldn't perish. Then verse 17 is, for God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but all the world might be saved. So the, the message of Christ is not condemnation. You see, so much of our misconception, even the misinformation that the church has put out to our society and to our world is condemnation. We're against and we're, you know, all this type of stuff. We're against, uh, you know, condemnation, guilt. You're not good enough. You know, you've got to do this to make God happy. That's not what Jesus did. He was a friend of sinners. <laughs> in fact, he would rather be in the company of the, of, of the sinners and going to the tax collectors. He'd rather be in their, their company than the Pharisees and the, the people of the temple. So we sometimes have this wrong image of, of Jesus, and we need to put an image in our mind of what Jesus is really like. 
So David says, I will sing of God's mercy. And mercy is God's unmerited favor. So there's nothing we can do to make God love us more. There's nothing we can do to make God love us less. Okay? Behavior is not what regulates the, the, the blessing of God in our life. So it is his mercy, and I will sing of his judgments. I will sing unto the Lord, and I will sing. Okay, I will behave myself wisely. In our lesson today, talked about that we would have wisdom and knowledge. No. That we would have wisdom and something else. Uh, that we would basically, that God, whenever we're part of the body of Christ, we're followers of Jesus, that we would have wisdom, and we'll say, uh, understanding of knowledge. Maybe that's it. <clears throat> so, that whenever we're looking at this, we would wa- understand what wisdom is. Wisdom is the application of truth to our life. So, if I'm going to be wise in my understanding of God, I will behave myself wisely. I will behave myself in such a way that um, brings about my understanding of what and who God is. (laughs) Um, Respect and obey the Lord. Psalm 111.10 says, Respect and obey the Lord. This is the first step to wisdom. Respect and obey God. Respect his commandments. You know, uh, sometimes I remember when I first thought about the, the Ten Commandments, I remember hearing about it that the Ten Commandments are for our protection and for our provision, okay? They're not, don't do this, don't do that. They're about protecting us. They're about protecting us from lies, so don't lie. It's about prof- protecting us about, from other people, so don't bear false witness. <laughs> so don't develop a character that would destroy the character of others because that's going to come back on you. So he's protecting us and providing for us. So uh, I, will walk within the, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. So you see, it begins at home. Hmm. Uh, another version says, Please help me learn to do the right things, and I will be honest and fair in my own kingdom, in my own home. So honest and fair in our own surroundings. Honest and fair. Honest and fair with ourselves. <laughs> Honest and fair with ourselves. You know, it's, it's not about how bad I've been and how much I can condemn myself and how, how I failed. It's about how I'm going to go on from here with my own experiences. What have I learned from what has already happened? What have I learned in my life? And it isn't about condemnation and guilt. It's about remembering what Christ has done for us and remembering his mercies. Mercies. Verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Hmm. I'm making a perfect, I'm making a plans for a perfect new year. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. So I'm not going to watch the things that are going to destroy me. I'm not going to look for those things and I'm not going to search for them. I will hate the work of them that turn aside. That means I will hate the work of those who are corrupt. I will not be around the people who are crooked <laughs> and uh, who take part in, I will not take part in any crooked thing. Hmm. So you see how that we are looking and making a plan for 
being perfect in the year. We're not going to look for the wrong things. We're not going to look at wrong things. We're not going to participate with people who are corrupt. We're not going to participate with people who are planning crooked things. Verse 4, a forward heart shall depart from me. And basically saying, I will and I won't be dishonest. So if I'm not putting crooked people and will not allow them in my home and will not allow them to be part of my life, it means that I am not and I won't be dishonest. I won't be dishonest. And I will not, and I will not know a wicked person. <laughs> is his knowing, is, is, it, is it to be aware, is to be aware of, um, aware of through observation, inquiring, and information. And so when you know that you are around a wicked person, a dishonest person, move away. <laughs> move away from them. Verse 5. Whoso privately slanders his neighbor, him I will cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. It is saying that anyone who spreads gossip will be silenced, and no one who is conceited or arrogant will be my friend. There's um, a guy, what's his name? Um, I don't know, I wrote it down somewhere. But anyhow, he, he writes about that we are to choose our friends wisely, and that if you, choo- if you look at your five closest friends, you are the average of them. And another guy says, show, show me your friends and I will show you your future. <laughs> show me your friends and I will show you your future. So you see, who we hang around, who we attract, who we are attracted to. <laughs> All of that goes into determining what's going to go on in our life now and where we are going in our future. So that's why whenever we are talking about the wisdom of God, we're also understanding, like we said in the Sunday school lesson, that we are citizens of the heavenly kingdom. Whenever we have Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are saved, we are born again, we, are, we have the Holy Spirit in our life, and we are citizens of an eternal kingdom. And as a citizen of that kingdom, I am not a foreigner to God. I am in a right relationship with God, and I have rights as, the, as part of this kingdom. And I have the right to believe for God's power to be part of my life, to resist the devil, to have the power to understand things that if I keep on this path, I'm going to destroy myself, so God can give me wisdom to understand it and the strength to overcome it. And, you know... Not all temptations look the same, <laughs> and they often look different for each person. We all have temptations in our own way because everyone has a weakness. There isn't anyone who is perfect. Okay, I thought I would get some amens out of that, but, you know, <laughs> you know I didn't. I thought maybe, you know. <laughs> so... And he goes on. Now, see, David is writing about perfect. And the perfection he's writing about is how that he arrives at this place that he's anticipating perfection. And, the, and what he's trying to do here, he's trying to tell us, you stay away from wicked people. 
You stay away from people who slander. You stay away from people who are deceitful and dishonest. I mean, that should be a natural thing. But, we're, okay, we're going for perfection here, so stay away from them. Mine eyes, verse 6, Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. I, ha- I need to look for people who are good mentors. I need to look for people that we can follow. We need to look for books or people that we can see on, watch on TV or read. You know, things that will help put, if you don't put things in, <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. Good in, good out. I mean, we've got to put in what we want to, you know, show me your five friends and I will show you your future. Show me who you read and who you watch and what's going on in your life. We're showing the direction of the, that we're going. doesn't mean that we're perfect and we don't stumble and fall. That's not perfect. You know, <laughs> if you think uh, the scripture is about perfection, God shows us throughout the scripture people who fail and how that they were, you know, David failed. He sinned with Bathsheba. Peter Denied he even knew Jesus. You know, Judas, <laughs> you know, he gave up and went the other way. I mean, the, you know, if you, were, if you had a fairy tale book that we would call a, a, a Bible, we would think, you know, everybody would be perfect and no one would fail and everybody is wonderful and, you know, it's not a fairy tale. It's about people, it's about decisions, it's about following what you know to be right. Um, he that worketh deceit, verse seven, verse 7, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. <laughs> no one who cheats or lies can have a position <laughs> in my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. <laughs> Separate yourself from deceitful lying people. Verse 8, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Well, another translation says, each morning I will silence any lawbreakers I find in the countryside. Each morning I will silence the voices in my head. I will silence any voices in my head that speak of deceitfulness or wickedness. So we do not fill our hearts and minds with that which is wicked. We fill our hearts and minds with that which is good and lovely and a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So what we are doing, we're establishing the kingdom of God in our hearts and our minds, in our actions and our will. So that which is good, good can come from my life. Because God wants to bless us, and how can he bless garbage? (laughs) No. He wants to bless righteousness. He wants to bless our lives, and he wants to fulfill his plan for our life. The scripture says that man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. So do not give up on the good. Do not give up on the lovely. Do not give up on the plans that God has birthed in your heart and mind. We don't give up on them because of failure or time or problems. We keep seeking after them. Seeking you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. God is our hope and he is the one who has given us direction 
and a purpose. God is more pleased with a person whose heart is towards him than he is with the perfect, perfect person who appears to be flawless and his heart is not there. You see, we look at the outward. God looks at the inward. You know, the perfect plan for the new year. <laughs> Daniel, I think of Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. How did he get in the lion's den? Well, Daniel was perfect. I mean, in the sense that he served God, he prayed to God morning, noon, and night, and people didn't like him, okay? So they secretly went to the king and says, King, make a decree. You're so wonderful. Nobody can pray to anybody but you. And the king fell for their garbage and made the decree, but Daniel didn't stop praying. So Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. That's the perfect plan for the new year. The perfect plan for the new year may, may place us in a lion's den. But you see, the perfect plan for the new year in Christ means that nothing can touch us and nothing can harm us. Because in the lion's den, the next morning, the king says, Daniel, is the God whom you serve able to keep you? Yeah, I'm done here, king. <laughs> no problems. Me and the lions are just having a nice evening together. <laughs> he didn't say that, but, you know, we're okay. No problem. You see, the perfect plan is to get rid of those who are deceitful, lying, conniving people, and they set a trap which they got caught in. They got fed to the lions, and the lions were hungry. <laughs> but Daniel never had to put up with those guys again. Hmm. Sometimes the problems are about ridding ourselves of the people that we are constantly trying to harm us, backbite us, make us look bad. So always look for that which is good. God will bring about that in our life. Um, we talked about the children of Israel, 40 years in the wilderness, running around, and every morning they get up and eat manna. Well, one day, the manna stops. Hmm. Forty years of manna. One day they get up and there's no more manna. Manna was the bread they found on the ground, like bread. Manna means what is it? And uh, they didn't know what it was, but they ate it every morning. You know, it's just like whenever you make dinner and, and they ask, what is it? It's, Don't know what it is, just eat it. It's manna. <laughs> I'm manna for you. <laughs> I'm sure none of you ever did that. But anyhow, manna stopping was telling the children of Israel they had to move from where they were at to the promise, into the promised land because they were to eat of the fruit of the land. So the perfect plan for the new year is for us to move on from where we are to where he wants us to be. And sometimes that involves change in what we think is how it always should be. <laughs> and that's where we get in trouble, that this is the way it is, it's the way it always has been, and it always will be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Guess what's going to happen? 
Banna is going to quit. <laughs> the things that we thought were going to be the perfect end uh, end up stopping in our lives. So when you have the right heart, and whenever we are humble before the Lord, we will seek his ways, and you get caught up each day with the desire that we are here to please God. God is here to bless us. So in our desire to please God, God is in his desire to bless us. So be open to your citizenship and your rights as a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. You have a right to receive God's blessing, not because you're perfect, but because you're his. <laughs> you have a right to know that nothing can separate you from God because that's who you are as a citizen of his kingdom, not because you're perfect. God will work everything together for good because that is the right of the person who is a citizen of God's kingdom, not because your life is perfect. Do you see? So the perfect plan of God involves us keeping evil out of our sight, out of our ears, and out of our company. Evil people who rebel, who lie. Now, you, you, you can't go to the person that you work with and says, my pastor says I can't associate with you anymore because you're a liar. I'm not saying do that, okay? That's, I'm not saying to do that, you know? That's not a good idea. Can I have your pastor's name and phone number? <laughs> Don't give it to him. All right. But you see, you can't, they're, they're, see what I mean? You're part of the kingdom. Part of the kingdom means God has a plan for his citizens, his children. And as his children, we have rights, we have relationships, we have blessings. And it's not about condemning us into walking the right way. It's about blessing us so we choose to follow the good shepherd and we are his sheep. Amen? So, let's make some perfect plans for the new year. Knowing that perfection means getting rid of the evil, recognizing we may be in a lion's den, but knowing that we will always be delivered from every problem. Amen? Let's stand. So, making known your plans to God. Well, I don't know say, you know, if you always, I remember the quote, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. What we want to do is make God our top priority and let him tell us his plans <laughs> and direct our step. And um, you have not chosen him, but he has chosen you. Okay? You're not in this because you're so smart and bright. You are here because God chose you. He chose you. And he didn't make a mistake. <laughs> he didn't make a mistake. He chose you because he loves you. And you heard his voice and were drawn to him. Father, we thank you that we hear your voice 
your spirit speaking to us. And Lord, it talks to us of truth and of life and of love, of forgiveness, of restoration, of blessing, direction. God, you have so many things that you give to us as our rights as citizens of your kingdom, as children of your kingdom, as joint heirs with Christ. So Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, to be wise in how we think about ourselves and our relationship with you and God our expectations of what you will continue to do this day and throughout the coming year. So we ask your blessing. Prepare our hearts that we might receive more of you. Help us to grow in our understanding. Help us, O oh Lord, to love you and to allow you to love us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.